Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Which would reveal the locations of both Carmen and Sangrite, which would need to be alloyed to create Ethereum. So we it have is not a felt frog with a chrome. I was going to say, we have Ethereum, now we have Froge coin or Here, hello everybody. Welcome back to the world's best fake herstory podcast. That's right. I updated the uh, tagline. We're uh, herstory <laughs> podcast. Uh, <laughs> hi everybody. I'm your I'm your host Ethan Palmer. Here to talk to you about Magic the Gathering. Uh, and I'm also stalling for time because I was going to throw to Jamie for an invite, but he literally hit the record button, got up, and left. Hey, I'm here. I uh, moved my setup today, and I noticed my laptop wasn't plugged in and was uh, getting on the low battery side of things. Oh, <laughs> oh okay. I, I, I yeah, just yeah. plugged it in, so we're good. Jamie, get down, Mr. President. That's perfect. Yeah. yeah, yeah exactly. Save the podcast. Uh, and, of course, uh, Pete O'Dog. Pete Her O'Donoghue, because I'm with. Yeah. Uh, true, 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 true. Uh, and that's, uh, did we say Jahimbo? Wow, okay. Wow, long side of history, dude. <laughs> no, it could be James Milhurt. Wait, no, wait. Wrong side of history. My bad. Oh, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, hi, everybody. Uh, you can tell from the title that we're doing Magic the Gathering today. Of course, the boys here don't know what about Magic the Gathering we're doing. I did tell them that it's not going to be Neon Dynasty today. Uh, so our, our episode begins in a, a small place known as not Kamigawa. Okay. Um, I'm. Right. I, th- I think I know what we're gonna do, but I, should gonna, I guess or not? You can guess. I'm pretty sure you do know what we're gonna do. Is but... our, the 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 man with the pink and purple magic? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. We're we're gonna be oh, talking okay, about yeah. Tezzeret today. Tezzeret. Um. So yeah, uh, we don't start in Kamigawa. We start instead in a place called Alara. Do you guys remember anything about Alara? No, it sounds very familiar though. Um, like we've definitely talked about. Th- Is that the one where um? It, it, that was like the the order plane. It was like white white blue or something with the angels. So there was white green blue, which was Bant, which was a shard of Alara. So Alara was a plane okay. that got split into five, basically five different okay. crystals. Okay. Um, so I have a quote here from me from our first Elspeth episode. <laughs> this is what I wrote. So. <laughs> Alara was a plane in the multiverse like any other, teeming with life and mana and uh, and flourishing ancient civilizations. Till one day, some upstart planeswalker decided to frack the dang thing for magic. Uh, I think I, I think I said it on our Elspeth episode. I'll say it again now. It's a, it is an unnamed planeswalker. Just like this happened because somebody tried it, but you never find out who it was. Okay. I, if, if I had to guess, Mikkel Bolas probably was the one that did it, but... It's like one of those planeswalkers that is just so powerful you never hear about them, like the really rich people in the yeah, place. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the drain on the plane's mana shattered something deep in its metaphysical structure, causing it to undergo a radical planar refraction. So, sci-fi buzzwords. Yeah. Uh, the plane <laughs> broke into sh- shards along mana lines, diffusing into its component parts, like light reflect- refracted in a prism... Uh, in, in a prism and shattering Alara's civilizations and ecologies with it. Whatever agent caused destruction abandoned what remained of the plane, its spell presumably finished. Uh, the shards of Alara, as they were known, separated into five different configurations based on the most prolific mana in them. The shards were as follows, earmarked by color. Bant, which was white, green, blue, which we talked about a lot. That's where Elspeth, not, not where she was from, but that's where she ended up after she left her unnamed Orchard. home plane that was taken over by the Phyrexians. Yeah. Um, there's Esper, which we're going to be talking uh, about today. There's Grixis, which we're going to be talking about today. Those are the blue and black, respectively. Uh, Jund, we're not going to talk much about. That's the red one. Then Naya was what? Um, uh, uh, Ajani. 
uh, excuse me, where, where he was from, the, the lion, lion guy. Man. He, right, yeah, oh, with yeah, the cool sword. Yeah. yeah, the lion man. Um, yeah, so uh, we're going to, most of our story takes place on Esther, uh, at least to start. Uh, it's like, it's blue, so there's a lot of water. Uh, it's an, uh, basically an, like one giant world-spanning arch- archipelago. Uh, vast stretches of open water dotted by near countless islands. Uh, the Sea of the Unknown, there's a plethora of underground waterways. There's even a vast desert of broken glass. All features oh. of this shard. Yeah, does doesn't sound like a great place to be. I used to collect a lot of sea, sea glass. That's like broken glass that gets whittled down to being completely blunt and smooth. Yeah. Uh, just by like salt and, and sand in the ocean. Yeah. yeah. A bunch and of that certain shit. colors are more rare than others because they don't make bottles of certain colors every year or whatever. So yeah, get, blue like, and green are super super common. Yeah. yeah. Like, or were. A desert of glass. Like, would that happen after like? years of like a thunderstorm over a desert and every time the lightning strikes it turns the makes makes some glass yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, i don't cool. know quick yeah. plug for everybody who has game pass or if you want can get it cheap uh gears of war 5 is a very good game and there is a level that is exactly like that you're in like this red desert and there's like a lightning storm event that happens and every time the lightning strikes it makes like this fucking big glass crystal in front of you that you need to avoid with the vehicle in that level that's cool yeah, yeah really in, cool. in uh, Erickson's, uh, Stephen Erickson's Miles and Book of the Fallen, uh, I'm pretty sure the the snake in like the ninth and tenth books, when they they travel through the Kalance Desert, there, I think there's, uh, I think it's like also like pretty like glass heavy, and they're all like, it's like this train of like refugee children basically, and they're just like walking through this desert that's just like lacerating their feet. Oh um, yeah. Yeah, okay, a feel good story. Yeah, and there's a feel bunch of like <laughs> blood bugs that are like burrowing into their skin and drinking their yeah. blood and everything. It's, it's very great. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um. So uh, a fun fact about the desert, and I just I included this because I thought it was cool. It's not going to play an impact on the story. Uh, the glass of the desert, I guess, just like shifting over time, will sometimes form like glaciers made of glass, essentially. So just like uh, all the glass, just, like pushes up against itself and like sticks together and forms these just like walls of glass or glaciers i wonder if you pretty fucking cool though yeah Gla- ice cool. ice in french is glass i wonder if glacier since usually that's like a big oh. of ice like if they're yeah. if, it's a glass it's, here yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> i mean it's it, glass in french is vitre though peter yeah. come on sorry is peter? it or yeah I don't yeah, speak French. I wouldn't know. Glass, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Is it? <laughs> I like the idea of like going like if you go to Banff or whatever, where you go on like the glacier tours uh, while you while you still can. Uh, if you had like a big like stained glass like glacier tour, that'd be pretty cool. <laughs> Someone yeah. moving moving like a church window, two guys walking by in a boulder just rolls through. Yeah. <laughs> Whoa! <laughs> what are you doing with this on the mountain, man? Yeah. <laughs> On the on the glacier, just walking across a glacier with a sheet of stained glass. So Esper, uh, the shard, the plane, whatever you want to call it, is is well planned out. Um, it's pretty prolific with like human life, well developed. Uh, its civil engineers are clearly you know hard at work. Uh, it's predominantly blue aligned, so it makes sense. There would be a lot of order to the design. Uh, it features elaborate stylized towers which dot the horizon like teeth in a shark's mouth. Their lines and curves make each an exquisite monument to the craftsmanship of the plane. Uh, so I sent you guys a picture of what somebody from Esper might look like. Uh, and when we talked about Tezzeret, uh obviously during the Migawa episodes, uh, we talked about how he had that like chrome arm or, yeah. or whatever of that like type of metal that, you know, uh, Kaito... Shizuki had, had never seen before. Said like that metal's too metal for to be from this plane. <laughs> um, you, you'll see the, the the picture that I sent has like a guy who's replaced a lot both his both of his arms with metal swords of this this same metal, and like all the buildings in the back seem to be made of it, or the cool. the big platform in the back seems to be made of it as well. Everything a, looks like the liquid metal from Terminator Two. It's yeah. very cool. Very it's very. Cool. I, I figured you would like it, Pete, because I find it very uh, like 1950s or like 1920s sci-fi, where it's like oh yeah. Know, You'd see like an alien city on like some distant moon of moon of Jupiter, and it would have like these like 
it, like chrome metal buildings that they all yeah. lived in, all the aliens, right? The men of the future shall build their buildings out of the healthiest substance they have, mercury. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a future man scyther. He's just, I don't know how he yeah. wipes, but he's got these two sword arms, man. It's crazy. Well, I, I don't know if you've noticed, but his uh, genital and butthole reason, region is also replaced with metal, so. Oh, oh. yeah, he is just abs no and, need to wipe. and biceps, and then, like, a nose and forehead, nothing else. He also has oh. these big, kind of dopey chrome rabbit ears coming out of his forehead. Which... Yeah, rabbit ears are like ram horns. It also looks yeah. like they didn't, they forgot to color in, like, where the back of his head would, would come through the metal, but. Oh, little, yeah, little that's details. true, eh? He's got a he's got a collapsed skull from a, from bad time as a baby. So <laughs> in the biz, when you look at little details like that, we call it pis, uh, pixel fucking. Actually, oh yeah, How and fun. sometimes sometimes the soups when you're running out of time, you're like, hey dude, you got to stop fucking these pixels, and they're like, sorry, sorry, sorry. <laughs> uh, so much of the city's towers were built of a magical metal known as Ethereum, which is said to have been made by the Sphinx Crucius which led Esper into a beautiful age of technology, not unlike Kamigawa during the Neon Dynasty. So, the very first crypto bros. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, so there's there's this sphinx, oh, yeah. this planeswalking sphinx. No, He was, like, uh, insane, uh, known as, as the mad sphinx sometimes, Crucius, who, like, one day is like, behold, Mercury, build your houses out of it, uh, and then, like, disappears, basically. Just, like, gone. Uh and everybody's like, oh, this, the metal is, like, it has incredible properties. Like, you can obviously re replace your hands with it. It reacts to magic in a very, like, unique and, and effective way. Um, we'll talk a bit more about it later. But, like, artisans will, will replace, artisans on the plane will, like, replace one of their hands with, like, a hammer, right? So that every problem is, is a nail now or something. Um, is it, because um, I know, <laughs> it, this is kind of always the problem where you kind of, like, get pigeonholed into it, like, can you take it off? Like, if you replace your wrist with, like, a twist-on, like, like nub, would you be able to swap out the tools if you had, like, the clip-on hammer? Because, like, at some point, you're going to need, like, a left hand that's not a hammer, right? Yeah, so so they they um, add these, these, like, metal pieces to themselves via magic. It's usually, like, a magic spell that, that will let them, like, replace it. And they okay. can just reshape the metal because it's so, like, reactive to magic. So they can just, like, do another spell and, like, the, the hammer is now a screwdriver, and then do another spell. And the they don't have to go downtown to some angry dwarf and then leave their arm on like an anvil. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and just, oh, yeah. just get banged out into whatever new they need. <laughs> no, uh, in, in Canada, reforging your hands is free, so it's it's, it's oh, yeah. all right. Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah. So so like it's it's a, a great age for for Esper, I suppose, in a lot of senses, because they can build like it's easy to build their buildings because you can have one guy kind of just like have a bunch of this metal and like he could just if he knows like basic levels of magic then he can build a building like kind of by himself sort of thing right so okay, cool um a lot of productivity you know what i mean a lot of corporate bonuses going out in this world nice. um so well, that never backfires in any of these sci-fi <laughs> worlds that we've ever talked about yeah exactly um so on esper there emerges a group known as the ether sworn who are such fans of, of Ethereum, they plan on fusing every living being with Ethereum. That's like their uh, their corporate motto, I guess, is like, let's just make everything uh, merge with Ethereum. Yeah, get uh, hard cash. Everybody just has a, an Ethereum wallet and we're fine. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. exactly. Yeah. Um, and the, the telling thing about how great this metal is, is I guess that like most people are for it. Most people are like, yep, yeah, everybody should have like metallic augments and, and be, you know, merged with this stuff because it's so, it's so great and it's so convenient you're saying ethereum retains its value is that how you <laughs> yeah. i would never i would never say such a thing no. uh, <laughs> most everyone ends up with ethereum implant implants of some type eventually uh and the greatest masters of craft realize they don't even need tools but can simply shape metal with hand and mind uh at a certain point so um things things are are pretty great on the surface but Deep below those ivory towers, there does exist a place blocked from sunlight known as Tide Hollow, a nasty place inhabited by these shards, rougher denizens. So you have this archip archipelago world with like this massive sprawling city just kind of dotting every square inch of it. And then, of course, there is like an undercity, right, which is this place Tide Hollow, which kind of all these people who are forced to live underneath the um, underneath the, the 
massive towers and cool Ethereum and stuff. Uh, and you this is where the... a good surgeon with a proper like chrome scalpel hand. So you've got like a guy with like aluminum foil implants. He's just like, yeah, don't worry, it's it's it, the discount, but it still works. What's the <laughs> name of that guy in Greek mythology in Hades who has the boat who uh, brings you down the River Six? Uh, Chiron. Aaron. Chiron. Yeah, yeah th- this photo reminds me of that. There's like a weird like hooded figure kind of on a boat in an underground. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that, yeah, yeah, that... it, it's exactly what that is. It's, it's, it's. Yeah. I think it's Karen actually is is how to pronounce it, but yeah, because Chiron is like a is like a hand. I think that's a different guy. Okay. Um. Yeah. So this this card is called the this the art from the card the Tide Hollow Sculler. Uh, so it's just like a guy living in Tide Hollow, making his living by sculling the bottom for probably presumably Ethereum scrap. Okay. Oh. So it, it it is into this dark and dank underworld that an unnamed boy is born. His father was a scrapper. People would wander trash heaps searching for bits of discarded Ethereum to sell while his mother was a prostitute. Uh, they did not care much for their son. So when I say unnamed boy, I'm not like bearing the lead to you guys. He, they didn't give him a name. They, they were just like, don't care enough for him to even name him. Uh, oh, okay. his, fa- his, fa- his father was abusive besides that, you know, physically, verbally uh, berating, uh, known to berate the boy, things like that. Uh, so pretty naturally, pretty understandably, one could say, the young boy found his role models in the gangs and, and his friends in Tide Hollow, who who gave him a name, one that meant improvised weapon on the streets, and that's Tezzeret. So, uh, ah. I do lo- I do love the idea of the, these these hard gangsters uh, saying Tezzeret for an improvised weapon, which is just like <laughs> Not the shank. least gang- like yeah. yeah. Just yeah. like the, the, this is clearly like nerds writing this story where they're they're just like yeah what would they call it they call it a tesseret right that's what they're gonna call their knives in this world like no nobody would ever use that word for anything I don't think but um, yeah so his his name means improvised weapon uh, he was, it was given to him by friends by the gangs that he kind of ran with when tesseret was seven his mother died she was begging in the streets when a guild master's carriage ran her over and left her for dead leaving Tezzeret alone with his father. While they, collect, while they collected the body, Tezzeret's father imparted the life lesson be gained out of all of this, that the strong get to take what they want and not face consequences. Um, so I know, like, every time I do an episode, it seems like I all I don't actually, like, talk about lore. I just criticize capitalism. Uh, <laughs> kind of like Pete was saying, like, a lot of these stories are pretty rooted in that, and this one's, like... Pretty obvious that oh yeah the the guild master's carriage ran over the begging the prostitute begging in the street right yeah um so yeah I, and you know her, his father says to him like yeah you see that son like if you're strong enough you get to just take whatever you want which is probably a pretty formative moment because they were like picking when he said that they were like picking up the bo- the body in the street basically because yeah. there was no like to take only, to the morgue themselves only the strongest will survive Halo Two soundtrack. Yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> fire yeah. away. <laughs> he looked, he, his Tesseract's father picked him up, put him on his knee, and he just said, "Fire away!" Yeah. And that was, was when he got his fucking right. planeswalker spark. Right, right, right. right. <laughs> um, so Tesseract started collecting scrap metal with his father, and they discovered he was adept at rabdomancy, which is a real life magic of divining using a rod or stick. So, like dousing or witching, it's sometimes called. Oh, the uh, Y-shaped uh, stick to find. Uh, find water water. yeah there's people who claim you can find anything they're like oh you can find water you can find oil you can find uh power lines like all all this stuff you find Uh, midwestern crackpots will tell you they can find literally anything with anything so it's not it's it's a pretty broad science exactly um and i can tell you right now that i bet you there's someone in our discord who's gonna who's gonna message us and say like oh actually like you can use this to find Right, so I mean, prove us whether wrong. it's Han- whether it's yeah. Handolo, whether it's Dark Side Buddy, uh, whoever whoever's out there who believes in this, uh, we want to hear from you. And like Jamie says, prove us wrong. Yeah. Um, yeah so, so it's called Rabdomancy in real life too, uh, which is pretty cool. Also, it is absolutely pouring rain here, so I might lose internet. I might lose power. It is okay. Uh, I'm in down in sheets outside. Uh, so we we're mentioning I'd the like... bonus content. It's been like the two hottest days of life in Canada this uh, past few days. So we're about to get the storm that comes after it. it... I'm just gonna close the windows real quick. All right. Um, should we uh, stall for time here, or should we vamp? Yeah, <laughs> I don't know how <laughs> Ethan normally does the vamping. <laughs> oh, yeah, perfect. I'm back. Okay, okay. <laughs> back. Phew. Yeah. 
Uh, I, didn't get, I didn't get washed away in the, the current of rainwater, the torrential yeah. <laughs> uh, river of rainwater. Um, okay, so Tezzeret uh, has, has taken up his, his dad's profession, basically, right? Like, he's nine years old or seven years old. Time for him to get out of school already, just a waste of time. Time to, for him to wander garbage heaps looking for little pieces of mercury that he can collect with his dad, with his old <laughs> pa. If he's a dousing uh, uh, a rhabdomancer, uh, I think you said. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Okay, uh, then he's got to be good at this, right? Yeah, it helped him find a lot more scrap metal, yeah. uh, which he begins squirreling away from his father. Because oh. uh, it's his dad, you know, classic addict, classic junkie. Uh, basically, like, every bit of scrap that he can find, he's just, like, selling it or whatever, right? Okay. Uh, but Tezzeret kind of understands put mercury in his socks to hide it from yeah, his yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just replacing his own fillings with mercury fillings yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, might explain why he becomes such like an irrationally angry guy later on in life right yeah uh, in the brainstem yeah um, so yeah he, he's his dad is just like selling it right away whereas Tezzeret is realizing like if we can if I can stockpile enough of this then like you know I can I can maybe make something out of myself, whereas his dad is like just selling it for food, selling it for booze, selling it for whatever. As soon as he gets his hands on it, and probably not selling it for any kind of reasonable amount of money, right? You're saying that Tezzeret has been investing, I suppose. Uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Ethereum. 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 Yeah. <laughs> I would never say that. I would never say that. Uh, <laughs> so he's running more and more with gangs. Uh, he eventually does leave Tide Hollow. Uh, like the Undercity, leaving his father to fend for himself. So he does eventually save up enough money that he's like, I'm getting out of here. This, this, is, not, this is not where I'm going to waste away the rest of my life. He'd saved, he'd saved up a decent tuition's worth of metal, an apprentice to an artificer for seven years. Though being intensely motivated, Tezzeret learned everything uh, that the, the uh, journeyman had to teach him in just three. So he signed up for a seven-year apprenticeship, Learns everything he can in three years, and then it's basically like, you know what, I'm, I'm moving on. Bigger bigger, and better things, right? Wow. Pretty good. That's great yeah. you can do that. I, I feel like trades these days, you still got to do your 5,000 hours. Yeah, with, no, exactly. And whether the idiot next to you is worse than you or better than you, you, you still it's it's the number of hours, you know, until you get your well, flying a helicopter, it's all bullshit, yeah. yeah. Well, presumably the certificate that you get, or like the stamp, I think it's called in Canada, uh, is made out of Ethereum in this world. So if you just like... <laughs> Get enough Ethereum, and then you can just make your own, right? And just be like, yeah, no, don't look too closely. Yeah, and that's that's probably the best way to do it. I think that it encourages people to work harder, you know. Um, and uh, is I think we lost Ethan. Yeah, we did. Okay. Uh, we'll, he he, he we'll bugged out there for a second, and then uh... be right back, folks. Oh, yeah, we're back. We're, we're back. back. Hi, you guys. Yeah. yeah. So. Um... I did have to take a quick break for some uh, autoerotic asphyxiation. Sorry, guys. Just you know, when the mood when the mood comes over you, um, <laughs> he doesn't have any rope, so he just opens his mouth for the rain. Yeah, yeah, exactly. yeah exactly. <laughs> Got to jump on it. Got to jump on it while you can. You know, see, see, carpe diem. That's what, uh, that's what they were talking. About. Yep. Uh, yeah. So um, Tezzeret, our our young pupil, uh, learns all that he can from that master. Then. Decides I'm gonna I'm gonna try and do bigger and better things. So while he's looking for more more knowledge to gain, more things to learn, uh, he's still witching for Ethereum. Uh, he actually manages to continue growing his fortune slowly, but never quickly enough. Uh, so Tezzeret realizes like, hey, there's plenty of deadbeats lying in gutters using drugs, just working some blue collar job who have Ethereum. Why don't I just take it from them? Uh, so he he starts murdering. Uh, you know. Eat, oh, eat, just like eat. straight up. I thought he'd be like a highwayman or something. Like something more Robin Hoody and not straight up just like, well, gotta do a crime. Murder's a quick yeah. one. He's not yes. murdering. He's mining. Of right? course. Oh, yeah. I yes. thing, yeah. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, no, yeah. So it does say that he begins murdering like bandits uh, and like basically deadbeats like his dad or whatever. So is there is like some Robin Hood vibe to it, but like I don't Dexter. know. Yeah, I was yeah. going to say, it's criminal who kills criminals, right? Now. Yeah, exactly. Uh, still murder, right? So It is. Uh, yeah. he, he ends up making a lot of money like that, killing people. Uh, he eventually joins a guild with his growing wealth, the Mechanists Guild. Um, he was a bright pupil, completing coursework, which normally took 17 years in just five. 
So he's kind of continuing on this this trend of getting things done quicker than people would anticipate. Uh, he becomes a journeyman craftsman, which earns him access to those good, good corporate Ethereum cash. So now that he's like a journeyman and is like officially a tradesman, um, he basically can like get access to like the guild's Ethereum or whatever uh, it, to, to a certain extent. Obviously. Right. Okay. It's like when Homer joins the Freemasons and they give him the actual emergency number of 912. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah it's like, yeah, you know, you don't want to use that shitty, that shitty street level Ethereum, dude. Oh, man. That's just melted aluminum foil that we give to poor people. You got to get yeah. the real, you got to get the real shit that gives you knife arms. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Uh, speaking of knife arms, ever since Tezzeret was a young boy, he'd wanted a metallic arm, which is, you know, kind of was what well, we mentioned, how we described him in the Kamigawa episodes was a guy with the strange chrome arm. So yeah, probably yeah. could have figured we'd get there. Uh, at the age of 19, with access to the Mechanist Guild's Ethereum, he performed the ritual to sever his right arm, pla- replace it with a solid Ethereum arm. So would you, would you guys go right or left? I was thinking about it. I think I would go left. So I mean, if Ethereum... Went- went right because he like wants it to be his dominant hand right, right like he wants yeah. the the ethereum yeah. to be on his, his dominant side because it's not like a real prosthetic which is like kind of worse than a natural limb in a lot of ways like if i had a magical metallic arm i would totally use my right hand because that's my i'm a right-handed guy my left hand has uh, like i'm thinking uh i have like a, a cut in my hand that doesn't allow me to bend one of my fingers which gets in the way of guitar and things like that and also i'm thinking like when you're fighting and stuff, you want your offhand to be able to like absorb oh, the block, the block like. arm. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. But you, you want to be able to parry your weapon arm, right? Because so yeah. you want to be able to strike with your right as well. It's true. It's true. I mean, I'd have to think about it more, but as of now, it's I think I'd still go left. Yeah. Okay. He is okay. very cool looking. Uh, I did not imagine his arm to be this like twisted alien claw, and I did not expect him to look like the singer from Corn. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so uh, I posted a picture of Tezzeret for uh, for the gang. He's got dreads. Uh, this is probably an older picture of him, like, later on in his life. He's probably not this grizzled at age of 19. Oh, uh, yeah. I hope not. Yeah, but it does kind of show. And, and he can presumably reshape his metal arm in some way using magic again, right? So, you know, whether it always looks twisted like this or looks a little okay. different at different times is, is hard to say. But a lot of Ethereum it does kind of have this that, like, twisted aspect to it. We'll meet somebody later on who kind of uh, exemplifies that as well. So he replaces his right arm with an Ethereum arm, seeing the quality of his work. And again, on brand with his, he gets things done faster than most. Uh, basically, the people in, in the guild see the, see the arm and say, oh, you're a master. Like, you're a master tradesman. Like, clearly, clearly you've, you've learned everything that the guild could teach you. So we're just going to grant you the rank of master. Uh, with that, he decides to try his hand at school again at the Academy of the Seekers which is a group of powerful artificers who claimed they could create Ethereum. Whoa. Okay. These are like alchemists. Yeah, exactly. exactly. Yeah. These, these are guys who say like, oh, you know, we're the seekers and we're looking for something called Karmat, uh, which will let us create Ethereum if we can find it. More on now, that after the break, though. The window, it's raining again. I gotta go. I gotta go. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Sandra and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Oh, yeah, that was, that was refreshing. That hit the spot, honestly. Nice little, little rain shower, you know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? Uh, welcome back, everybody. I hope you buy that thing. That's all I can say. Um, actually, I don't really care. We get paid for it no matter what. So, 
Yeah, we, we get we get we get a fraction of a penny. Just listen to yeah, it. Yeah, that's fine. yeah, exactly. I hope you guys listen to that real good. <laughs> uh, so, um, the academy that a nineteen-year-old Tezzeret joined was run by a group known as the Seekers of Karmoth, who were dedicated to well seeking Karmoth. Uh, Karmoth was a material which apparently could synthesize Ethereum. They had a sacred codex, which would reveal the locations of both Karmit and Sangrite, which would need to be alloyed to create Ethereum. So we it have... is not a felt frog with a chrome. I was going to say, we have Ethereum, <laughs> now we have Frogecoin or what? <laughs> <laughs> so I looked up, because I, 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 I thought there might have been some connection between like, <clears throat> like the geeks who created the actual crypto and like the geeks who play Magic the Gathering. So I looked up like the term Ethereum that like is used in both these things to get the etymology. Uh, it was coined by a Russian Canadian programmer, Vitalik Buterin, Buterin, after browsing a list of fictional elements on Wikipedia. Oh, nice. Okay. Yeah, so it, it might have maybe been named after this thing because this is probably from like 2008. This story, so wow. okay, this definitely pre predates the. Uh... The crypto uh, coin, yeah. The Wikipedia on the crypto coin says it was launched in 2015. So, yeah, still after the Magic card. Cool. Yeah, I don't, I don't think there was any crypto coins in 2008, right? No. Maybe. I mean, I, I hope not. I hope there was, like, some pure decade left. Yeah. <laughs> untouched. I mean, Bitcoin was around in 2010 and 11. I mean, yeah. it might have been around in 2008. Might have, yeah. Yeah. Who knows? Um, yeah, cool. That's interesting. So I wonder if it came from this. We'll say Lord Boy's Cannon. The uh, the crypto coin is named after this uh, material. Yep. From Magic the Gather. Uh, so yeah, we got the Seekers of Karmat who say that they can if they can get Karmat and Sangrite together, they can alloy it to create Ethereum. And they say that they claim that's how Ethereum is made, has always been made. Uh, and again, uh, just a quick reminder, it was the Sphinx Crucius who created Ethereum in the first place, gifted it to Esper, and then pieced the fuck out. Uh, no, nobody's seen him since. Pretty much. Um, so this is a bold claim, right? Saying like we can make it, we can make more. Like that mad planeswalking sphinx. Yeah, we can do it. He did, no problem, right? <laughs> uh, the locations of karma, as a result, and and the codex itself were fiercely guarded secret. Naturally, if you have the power to to just create gold out of nothing, you you don't share that secret very easily, right? Well, no, because then it has like he figured it out. You didn't tell anyone. He was an no, alchemist. Yeah, he... He took he took took it to his grave. Yeah, on how to create gold, really? Well, he like there's it's like a dark awesome, side man. of Isaac Newton. I watched a documentary and like not only did he make all these like cool or like discover these laws of physics, but he also had uh, an alchemy side in the on yeah. in the back end. Yeah, that doesn't yeah. surprise me. Uh, I'm pretty sure he died from mer from mercury poisoning uh, trying to synthesize uh, gold. So I mean. <laughs> I mean, if that's not the science of the day, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> F equaled MA too close to the sun or something. Yeah. Like yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah that's it. Uh, F equals L plus. You ratioed plus. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> L plus ratio. <laughs> uh, okay. So we've got these seekers of karma who have this codex that tells them where all the, the karma uh, on the plane is. Um, and they said, say that they can use it. Uh, Sharum, uh, who we talked about very briefly, we talked about her dying. Uh, one of the, she's one of the foremost sphinxes of the plane. She's the he hegemon of the plane, so basically like the leader of Esper. Um, and she was the lover of Crucius, the, the sphinx. They were, they were a couple, uh, the OG power couple. Um, <laughs> she, she could not even fabricate new Ethereum. It only thin existing Ethereum, which was impressive in its own right. Most people okay. couldn't do that. Sphinxes um, love doing that kiss where you rub the noses together, and that's why you see a lot of modern-day Sphinxes don't have noses on the statues. Oh, okay. <laughs> they, they're, they're right off. <laughs> Very yeah. cute. They do the little nuzzle. That's, yeah. the, that's the cutest Lord Boys canon, that the, the, the <laughs> Sphinx outside of Giza. I think it's Giza, right? Uh, yeah. Lost its nose in a Eskimo kissing competition. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but they tore um, down the other Sphinx, apparently, that did it. <laughs> Uh, so we know, or I guess I know, and you guys are about to find out, because I read the story, uh, that Crucius, the planeswalker, had traveled to a different shard of Alera to get the materials he needed to create Ethereum. So the petrified blood of a, of a dragon which died in battle, known as Sangrite, and a red stone known as Carmen. 
So, yes, that, that is how he created Ethereum, but he did not get any of the materials on Esper. He, he, he did not find them on Esper. Okay. He, had to, he had to planeswalk to another Shard of Alera to get them. Yeah. He, he brought the fruit and vegetables across the border, which is yeah. illegal and irresponsible. Illegal. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, don't do it. You have and any magic I'm... rocks in your trunk, sir? How long were you in the United States? Like, nope, nope, nothing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so Tezzeret had joined the Academy, hoping to become a Seeker himself and to learn the secrets of creating Ethereum. He's like, if I can become a Seeker, they'll give me access to the Codex. I can find some Karmit. I can create my own Ethereum. I could get even more powerful, even, even richer, right? Unfortunately, Tezzeret was lowborn, not considered a good look for the Seeker. There was a classic Gary Oak at the Academy known as Silas Wren. Oh, I recognize that name, too. You've too. definitely talked about this guy before. Uh, I don't think I have. Uh, no, it's, it maybe, maybe sounds like Venser. I don't know. Um, a pretty, just pretty magic, magic-y sounding name, I guess. Uh, I, I can guess. I could give you guys a picture of him. Uh, so, like, just compared to, if you contrast that oh. to the Tezzeret picture as well, it's like... Go, go ahead, go ahead and describe. How do you not hate that guy's face from that photo? Exactly, just so smug, right? Yeah, he's got this <laughs> smug. I was, doing this, I was doing this script, and my my wife was sitting next to me. She's like, "Oh, that guy looks cool." And like, to be fair, his like full Ethereum body does oh, look so pretty cool. Smug, yeah, he's got the smuggest look on his face. I was like, "Yeah, I don't know." Um, he looks like his body's all twisted together, like some metal deck furniture. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, he's got a whip. Um, yeah. his, like, ethereum, his ethereum is like gilded like it, it's like gold plated ethereum basically yeah. um yeah. he's got a so thing in his chest too it looks like a, his iron man heart or whatever yeah yeah we'll, we'll get to the thing in his chest in a little bit yeah. uh i googled silas ran if you guys want to describe that to the listeners because apparently my computer did not know what it was looking for okay there's a stock photo of a model there is a ren the bird because he spelled his last name wrong okay uh, then there's Silas from Ice Age, which I, I'm guessing is the Ice Age movie, and he's a villain in the Ice Age movies. Two young kids dressed. I don't for, remember. Two young kids dressed for church. It looks like from yeah, like then, a long time then, ago. Then there's a, a photo from the mid '70s, maybe maybe '90s, with like a filter or something. Yeah. Uh, of two cl- children who are clearly now ghosts. Uh, no, yeah. no, <laughs> um. Yeah, so Silas, if, if uh, you know, us describing his smug face wasn't enough, is the heir to the most influential house on Esper, literally a golden boy among the Seekers, and agreed with their assessment that lowborn, tide-hollow scum should not be allowed to join the Seekers. So he challenges Tezzeret to a duel. And they're both, uh, he's not part of the Seekers right now, but he's like a prodigy. He's like, you know, his dad is clearly on the board. Uh, of admittance oh, okay, yeah. is clearly going to get him in as soon as he's done his school kind of thing. Um, so he challenges Tezzeret to a duel. Uh, Silas and Tezzeret, like I say, they're studying at the academy together, each aiming to get hired after college with their poli-sci degrees, but it's like a classic jock-smoker dynamic from high school, right? Dude, so I'm like, so excited. I want to see how this duel goes. I also <laughs> wonder what uh, the golden boy has for uh, his junk. I guess... They don't need uh, sexual reproduction organs and all that stuff anymore, huh? They just like put a little drop of mercury in a in a petri dish. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Just just grow a baby, no problem. That's how we did it. My wife and I. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I like how that's what you were thinking of. I was thinking of like a woven like gold Ethereum Letterman coat where he's got like a an Ethereum football as well. <laughs> uh, and you're just like, oh, I wonder what his dick looks like. <laughs> I hope it's like that coiled like it's like a spiraled like woven like golden foil thing that looks yeah. like that looks, looks like, like a chastity cage right? like, yeah <laughs> I mean, yeah this this guy probably isn't a chastity let's be honest though yeah um so perhaps not used to the strictures of a fair fight tezzeret loses this duel um maybe it's you know maybe it's the all the wealth and power the fact that silas got a good night's sleep and didn't have to like stay up till four in the morning murdering hobos and searching garbage heaps for huh. scraps of ethereum like okay yeah who who knows why maybe he, he is just like a competent fighter right like um they use this as an argument against tesserit's admittance the fact that he loses the duel they say oh well, you're clearly not ready to be a seeker his powers were substandard since he couldn't beat a novice of their order and like a billionaire's kid, basically. Now, dueling has nothing to do with what we do here, but you lost this one, meaning we don't think you're qualified. It's not because you're poor. Yeah, well, yeah. They they were straight up like, no, you're too poor. And then, 
like use this as like an added insult on top of it like you're poor and you can't fight like at least at least the poor people we let in can fight right <laughs> poor bitch like oh well yeah <laughs> it's like on his linkedin it's just... yeah that's just a poor, poor bitch yeah. uh so tezzeret not easily dissuaded waited as long as that same night to appeal the decision and went to the academy to speak to the headmaster of the seekers uh someone named amalat hanex he was surprised uh, no it's dumble de or but like or like, oh, oh, oh. Or. <laughs> pretty good i was gonna say panics at the disco because uh the golden boy here looks kind of like the singer yeah i can <laughs> see that yeah uh so he goes to see this guy amulet panics dumbledore uh, <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's surprised when old dumble informs him that not only had he not been accepted into the seekers but was being expelled from the academy for, I guess, having participated in the duel when, again, classic rich kid, not going to get, not going to face consequences of his actions, right? Nope. Uh, so, Tezzeret, poor guy's getting getting uh, expelled. He's got dreads, you know, so that's not a good look for the Academy either. <laughs> um, so, once again, not easily dissuaded, Tezzeret decides to murder the headmaster, flee out the window, and just continue studying like nothing ever happened. Okay. He, he, does like, right. he does like the George Costanza, like... You, it, they fired him, but he just keeps showing up to work, kind of thing. Oh, and he yeah. just murders the only person who knew about it, I guess. Like, wow. uh, so three years pass, and his little whoopsie poopsie is never revealed. Though Tezzeret <laughs> does keep a slightly lower profile, so he's not like gunning as hard to like get into the Seekers early and like complete his seventeen-year degree in five years. Now he's more just like, oh, you know, maybe you know they'll change their minds eventually. Uh, Meanwhile, though, Gary Oak was busy beating all the other trainers and gym leaders faster than the fastest speedrunners could, then rubbing his face in it, basically. So <laughs> Silas Wren replaced his heart with a solid Ethereum heart, an act just daring enough to earn him a place into the ranks of Seekers proper. Jeez. Uh, so that's that glowing Iron Man orb in the center of his chest was like he replaced his heart with an Ethereum heart. He's like he's a head and then just a fully Ethereum body underneath. Wow. Uh, and he gets into the Seekers for doing that. Tezzeret had had enough. Wow. Being rejected time and again by the Seekers, watching his pompous rival achieve whatever he sought, and all of these hardships overlapped with the fact that he grew up to rotten, unloving parents stretched overly thin by the capitalist strictures derived from the fact that hundreds of years ago, a Sphinx had created a finite amount of resources and they were never evenly distributed. He's just like, he's kind of at his limit at this point. So I mean, that know. might as well be like the economy we currently live in for the amount of sense <laughs> and like how fair it is. The economy currently in like Canada, the US might as well have been created by a Sphinx centuries yeah, ago yeah, who we never right. saw again. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the, the nose fell off the Sphinx. We distributed the parts between like 17 people and said, those are now the richest people. Yeah. And it's just been that way ever since, right? There's a finite amount of Sphinx noses on Earth, right? Like that's, yeah, that's exactly. the problem. <laughs> um... So, at the center of it all, at the center of all his frustration, uh, there is a question. There's a question just kind of brewing in him, right? Uh, if the Codex would reveal the location of all the Sangrite and Karmit needed to create vast troves of Ethereum, as much as anybody would ever need, then why were there still those wasting away in Tide Hollow, bereft of enough to scrape by and left to beg on the streets and get run over by Guildmaster? Oh, okay. We're seeing the parallels, aren't we? Like, if <laughs> the banks can print as much money as we need, why are people still going hungry, right? Yeah, exactly. We're, produ we're, we're producing enough for everybody. Why are there people going hungry? Yeah. Is, is what Tezzeret's wondering, right? Yeah. Why do rich people throw food in the garbage is my yeah. question. Exactly. Yeah. Right? How does that happen? Um... So here's a, here's a quote directly from The Seeker's Fall, Part 2. Uh, if the secrets of the Codex are real, why are men like my father dying in salvage scraps? Why don't we all have Ethereum hearts? So he's, reach, he's reaching a boiling point, I guess you could say. You know, he's yeah. been getting more and more murder hob hobo-y, I guess. But uh, he's definitely getting to a point where he's like, the, I, I, we need answers. The boiling point of I'm Mercury still is quite low, too. So yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. For him. Yeah. <laughs> you get frustrated very quickly. Yeah. <laughs> uh, he knows he has to get to the Codex. If he could get to the Sangrate and Carmite, Carmite, excuse me, surely he could figure out the secrets of the synthesis needed to create Ethereum. He's like, if I can find the stashes, I will figure out the rest on my own. They're not going to let me in. They're never going to let me in. So I'm, I'm just going to go there, right? And uh, the Codex. Dragon blood plus what makes Ethereum again? Carmite uh, 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 is just like this red stone found on uh, Jund. Or right. Jund or Grixis, I think. 
Um, and Sang uh, Sangrite is the dried blood of a dragon who died in battle. Specific Specifically, dragon. right? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That has blood almost in his name. He's like Sanguiny or whatever. Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah. 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 Okay. So the Codex Ethereum, also called the Filigree Text or the Ethereum Text, is 23 separate tomes house in, housed in the Sanctum Arcanum. Sharum, who, the Sphinx who I mentioned earlier, the hegemon of, of Esper, even quoted the Codex saying once, there are patterns on the breath of stars. So it has, has had access to it at some point, uh, presumably. Uh, and this is what Tezzeret wants to get to. So he breaks into the Sanctum, uh, the guarded vault beneath the Academy. In broad daylight... <laughs> turns his arm into a little key. Puts yeah, it in the yeah, door. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, in broad daylight, he, he breaks into the vault. He kills the guards outside it using the murderous talents he picked up over the years. Uh, he killed everyone who stood between him and the answers he sought. At this point, he he's like... He kill a lot of fucking people, yeah. At this point, I mean, he's a bad guy. He's, he's a villain. Uh, but at this point, he's also just like, I, I stop standing in my way. I'm, I'm going to get the answers yeah. I want, kind of thing. Yeah. So he fights his way to the center of the sanctum, even as the alarms grew behind him. Tezzeret had arrived at the Codex. What he found was blank pages. The Codex was a sham, uh, completely just like a tool that the Seekers used to be like, yeah, no, we should be in charge because we can create more Ethereum. So like, we're, we're the most powerful people. Like, it's just a bluff, basically. But they, uh, they built a decoy. They built decoy codexes or codices to maintain their power. But at no point did they even just like have an intern come in and fill them out, which is a little bit of nonsense. It's just anything, like yeah, they just anything. found blank pages. It's just like yeah, yeah. good enough. It's I guess you just hold it up in front of people like a tablet and just be like, behold the codices, and like <laughs> yeah. it's like what's in them. It's like oh, you can't read them. It's okay. <laughs> yeah. the, um, the Seekers Fall. It's a three-part uh, comic that like this story comes from basically. Okay, cool. um, so you, you get to see them or whatever, and they are made of Ethereum. So I don't know if it's like, a, oh, there's a certain way to read it that only certain people can cast the magic that you'd need to, and Tezzeret can kind of thing. Um, so he noted at the time, I, I don't know when he finds out, if he ever finds out. Uh, well, I know, again, from having read the story and read some of the surrounding work, that the Codex had been planted on Esper by none other than Nicol Bolas. Oh. Always. So the magnetic dragon planeswalker has u had used its lies to control the Seekers and through them the Shard of Esper. So he was just, it was like a control thing. He was like, yeah, I'll give you guys this thing and you guys will say like, oh, you can use it to find as much Ethereum and I'll tell you like, it's made of Sangrate and it's made of Karmit and you can tell people that and like, it'll be verifiable or whatever, right? Mm. Um, and then you guys will just work for me in return. Right. Nico Bolas is a real rise and grind kind of motherfucker because yeah. he is like sowing discord throughout yeah. every single plane. Like he's got multiple like revenue streams or whatever. Fingers and pies, yeah, for sure. Yeah, a lot, lot, lot of fingers and a lot of pies. Man, if I lived forever, I'm not sure I could care that much about so many like sidelines. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like yeah. just figure out something. Like, I guess you got to keep busy or something. But jeez, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, otherwise, you get so fucking bored living for millennia. Uh, his whole thing too, and I, I haven't read too much into Nicol Bolas, like, I guess recently, but his whole thing does seem to be the whole, like, oh, I'm just going to destroy everything, which might just be, like, he's lived too long and wants to just, like, end it all, but, like, you know, not not willing to just end himself or go, like, sleep in the sun for eternity, like. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> for real. Um, you want to retire somewhere nice, Nicol Bolas? Come yeah. on, go, go sleep in the sun. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so Tezzeret stood in the face of this, this grandiose lie, even as the guards arrived, in more numbers than he could hold off. He fought as best he could, but was overwhelmed eventually, the guards swarming over him. They beat him near senseless, trying to kill him, before his planeswalker spark ignited and whisked him away into the blind eternity. Of course, yeah. Uh, he didn't travel far through the blind eternities, maybe because he was weakened as he was. He finds himself on Grixis, another of Alara's shards. Uh, so this is the black shard. Uh, Grixis is not a friendly place. Doug Bayer, current senior creative direct designer, excuse me, for Magic the Gathering, once described it as Grixis is a hellscape of decay and madness, where necromancers command swarms of undead and demons walk the earth. Humanity is nearly extinct here. The survivors cower in hermitages, defending their life essence from rampaging horrors. Rampant death magic and demonic influence make Grixis an abominable destination best avoided by most. Wow. So normally... It's like Tezzer would probably do okay here, right? But he is like really weakened from the the beating that he received, right? Okay. Wounded from the assault in the sanctum, 
he does his best to survive for a time on Grixis. He fought off the local fauna as as best he could. He, you know, in the comics, he, he kills some of them, but the beasts of Grix, Grixis were relentless. He's driven back, eventually finding himself atop a ruin from when humans once inhabited this place. It's <laughs> so where they used to send uh, warlocks and necromancers. Like, they, are you sure you want this job, man? All right, you're going to Grixis for the weekend. We'll see how you do after that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like shaky need, like warlocks coming back. Like, no, no, no. I'm just gonna be. I'm. I'm gonna mine Ethereum. I'll be fine. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I'll be. I'll be an actuary like my dad. Yeah. So he gets to the top of this ruin and he's he's just exhausted. He lies down, accepting of his fate. Uh, He did not know how to planeswalk again, presumably, because he doesn't just planeswalk out of there. Uh, he could not gather the strength to cast the simplest of spells when his salvation arrived. The sky darkened as the sun itself was blotted out. Oh. Nicol Bolas appeared before Tezzeret and offered a bargain. Work for Bolas's infinite consortium, and Bolas would save him from a slow death. Uh, so I posted a picture for you guys. This is the, the last uh, panel from the Seeker's Fall comic, part three. Cool. This is how the that story ends, uh, of just like a towering Nicol Bolas appearing over this this ruin where Tezzeret presumably found himself and saying, Neil Servant, your resurrection is at hand. Uh, Nicol Bolas is so fucking cool looking. Yeah. Like, He's a cool, cool design. Yeah, That's There's like picture. so much complicated shit in Magic the Gathering that is also cool. Like a lot of the Phyrexian stuff that like I had to draw in the past is just like, you know, like this meaty body with all these tubes and needles and arms and like different appendages of varying lengths. Like every single one has like a Swiss Army knife of crap coming out of it. Nico Bolas is just a dragon. He's kind of slim, and he, but his like basic design is like uh, is timeless and like still threatening too. It's it's so cool too because like since he has his fingers so many pies, you could think that he did influence things because it seems like uh, Tesseract is like really up like at the perfect place to accept a deal with the devil yeah. to take more power because power above all maybe. Nico Bolas kind of like nudged the carriage to run over his mom, put the first bottle in his father's hand, kind of thing, and like yeah. just like set uh, this up for this perfect moment where, of course, he's going to accept and going to excel. Like, uh, yeah, yeah okay. I, I, I do believe it is canon that he has some powers of like prophecy, so okay. uh, can see the future to some extent at the very least. And yeah, like my exact thought was like he put the codex in the hands of the seekers there. For like to control Esper, but also because he probably knew that that like Tezzeret would find himself at, at this point eventually, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, so Tezzeret accepts, of course, uh, fits in well in Bolas's organization. Shouldn't be a big surprise, right? Uh, Tezzeret killing Hobo for years at this point. It, yeah, yeah. yeah. Tezzeret, one of his Planeswalker cards is Tezzeret, agent of Bolas. So like, oh, right. cool. Okay. Uh, he quickly rises to a position of command within its ranks. Now, we did talk about the Infinite Consortium a bit, and we did talk about Tezzeret in the Infinite Consortium a, a bit on, on older Magic the Gathering episodes when we talked about Jason Liliana Vest. Pro- okay. I think it was the episode where we dubbed Bolas Magnetic, like where we called him the Magnetic Dragon. <laughs> uh, it's like one of those ones, basically. It's either that one or the one... Like I, We always reference our... Uh, we always remember our episodes based on Pete's art, but yeah. <laughs> it's either the one where Liliana is looking at the Magnetic Dragon or the one where uh, Jace had like... Put a pillow of himself and and like snuck oh, the, out of the house because he's illusion magic or whatever. Yeah, he's got um, the bed decoy with the the pillow with the face. It's a it is an emoticon or an emoji on our Discord server linked below. Is we yeah. have the the pillow with his like blue and his like blue and teal do rag and a crude smiley face drawn on like a regular white pillow. Oh, yeah, it's exactly. our sleeper emote. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Um, yeah. So we talked about the infin- infinite consortium there a bit. Like Liliana worked for worked. For the consortium, as did Jace for a time. Like they both worked for Bolas for oh, yeah. a bit too. Leliana went on that uh, rampage, killing all those demons who fucked up her family, killing, right? Killing the four demons, yeah, who yeah. would like stolen her soul or whatever. And she was like using Bolas and the Infinite Consortium to that end. Whereas Jace was more just like lost puppy, didn't know what he wanted to be when he grew up, yeah. and kind of found himself working there for a little bit. Um, it was like largely mercantile. The Infinite Consortium. It's just a way for Bolas to amass wealth and powerful artifacts and gain information. Like, that kind of stuff like it's more transactional than like a traditional gang or an army or something like that uh i didn't figure out exactly how long tesseret spent earning some trust and respect in the consortium there is a timeline i didn't look at it too closely uh but earn earn trust he did he was a competent leader and even more competent gangster so <laughs> kind of just makes sense that he would you know command some respect amongst these 
gangster, these interdimensional gangsters. He has a big gold okay. ring on his metal hand, like yeah. <laughs> points at people it's, it's, with it's, his it's, index and pinky, like we were yeah, talking exactly, about. The exactly, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Um, so once once he had established himself, it was easy for Tezzeret to infiltrate. Uh, earning the trust of other members, positioning people where he could until he stages a bloody coup d'etat. Uh, he orchestrated the assassination of all or, or most of the, the consortium's leadership. Anyone who wouldn't join, join him basically gets uh, murdered in one fell swoop. Uh, and he kind of positions his people like at, at the higher echelons of it. Uh, so, naturally, crossing Nicol Bolas is not an act taken lightly, right? Yeah. Uh, you're, you're asking for trouble uh, going against him, pretty much. I didn't see this one coming. I, yeah. <laughs> I, I summoned Bot of Greed to murder your entire consortium leader. <laughs> and he's supposed to see things coming, so I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, yeah, fingers in enough pies. Seems like the only way you can write good like prophecy in any kind of fiction in my opinion is to have it be like oh it's possible outcomes right at which point it's like is it really prophecy or, or whatever right yeah um, okay yeah or where it focuses um, at any given time like the monkey yeah. walking through the basketball thing yeah yeah brent, brent weeks uh he he writes fantasy books or whatever uh and he he wrote one trilogy his first trilogy featured like prophecy and it was like pretty cool where it's like they could read the future but like the longer they spent like reading the future and the further into the future they went like they just slowly went mad basically so it's like oh they can but like there's a cost to it kind of thing okay uh, which awesome. i always thought was cool way to do it the books are okay but one of the things that like popped into my head was when you did an episode on the elder scrolls themselves and there's like a certain yeah. kind of person who can read like the um the the, the certain kind of person who can read the the, the elder scrolls priest. or the moth yeah. priests exactly and yeah. it now it kind of reminded me of the codices except the fact the codices are just like straight up fake and not like magically blank unless you're supposed to be able to see them right well yeah, there is exactly. a blank book in skyrim right it's that blind guy's book and you steal it from him and there's no pages in it because yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's obviously blind to carry uh, yeah. the brent weeks thing that you just said is kind of cool like to think about because if you were were able to see the future right you could think of it as like a series of paths and the more time goes on like the farther into the future you get the more that they can split so it's like exponentially more and more paths so if you went too far into the future you in like you went past your ram of your brain or whatever like you can't see <laughs> like past 64 paths or else you'll just go like break yeah, i'm overclocked now yeah. 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 um yeah so uh also i mean uh, having read the fiction like i can probably say with some certainty that like bolas knew this betrayal was coming and doesn't care so much like he knows how things are going to pan out so he's like yeah go go ahead take the take over the take over the management of the infant consortium for me like that's fine you know that's 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 a that's a task off my to-do list right yeah it sucks yeah. to be them i suppose <laughs> <laughs> yeah it sucks to be the people who you murdered but whatever yeah. i don't care <laughs> uh but tezzeret in the moment doesn't know that he's just like oh you know i'm i'm, I'm playing hard and fast here cards close to the chest i'm like you know feeling the weight of his decision he knows that he needs to find some allies Bolas did not strike right away, but Tezzeret was not going to wait around to give him the opportune moment. Uh, so he's, he's planeswalking, and he might have been planeswalking, like, presumably he's been planeswalking for a while. Again, I don't know how long he spent here, or, like, what exactly he learned, but this is, like, we haven't skipped over beats in the story, necessarily. Uh, I was researching this, because we, we talked about it on the on the Kamigawa episodes, or around the Kamigawa episodes, where I was like, oh, maybe I'll go back and do the Tezzeret episodes, right? And then when I was looking at the timeline, basically, one of the first things he does is kamigawa like oh he has yeah. he has his backstory and then like one of the first things that takes place is kamigawa arc so i was like oh that's that's perfect we don't have to go through like everything he does forever uh this is more of a setup so um so yeah he, he's planeswalking around uh looking for allies to help him fight uh bolas he doesn't end up on kamigawa but he does find his way to new phyrexia where he allies with a phyrexian named jin gitaxis who, who I think we I've... may recognize from a couple weeks ago right yeah uh, so I, it's not the same picture, but it was a, a new Phyrexian in that, uh, I sent you guys last time, but I had, I have sent you a picture of this guy before during the Esper episodes, because when they were taking over, uh, when Esper and her friends were fighting the new Phyrexians, uh, which I think is in the future still, like, I don't think we've gotten to the Esper arc yet. Um, I don't know that for sure, but I'm, uh, I do kind of know that for sure. Cause anyway, I don't know the timeline perfectly. Like I said, but he's got the uh, face of a blue eyes, white dragon, but all gray. 
like yeah. hunchback. He does, yeah. yeah. yeah this, is the, this is the Jengataxius, also known as the Core Augur, was the blue-aligned Praetor of Experimentation, experimentation excuse me, and was a researcher for the Phyrexian. Oh yeah, he. But they, uh, the quest for Karn goes to like the core of the planet or whatever, yeah. and they find everybody's different little laboratories and everybody's ward that they all work. Yeah, because I do recognize that photo. Yeah, no, for for sure. I've I've said it to you guys before, but yeah. Um, in his research, Jengataxius had stumbled across a curious plane, one where the very magic of the plane was slowly merging with the material side of it. Uh, there was, however, no easy way for the Phyrexians to reach it without a planeswalker to open the way for them. So, uh, that's Tezzeret 1, I guess. We'll probably jump back to the Neon Dynasty next week to figure out what, what this crazy Tezzeret guy is doing on the plane. Whatever, whatever happened to the Emperor, guys? Wow. Where, where Emperor? Uh, true. We, we're going to find out where the Emperor is. We're going to find out what, they, what the Phyrexians want here specifically. What is this reality chip that, uh, you know... Kaito's friend made before he died. There's, there's a lot of questions. Guys, I'm thinking about it. Maybe like like um, like in the pursuit of science, where they're trying to find a unifying theory to to all laws. Maybe we'll find the unifying lore to all things. Like like we'll find the time travel. Like we're gonna see the Spike run by with catching an ape in one of these yeah. timelines. Uh, <laughs> uh, someone doing yeah. a backwards long jump in Mario 64 in a different universe who knows yeah <laughs> it's gonna all all lore is gonna be connected with that one yeah. grand grand unifying lore theory we'll keep right? looking for the reality yeah. yeah um cool thanks so much for listening everybody uh I've been your host Ethan Palmer if you guys want to help out the show consider leaving us a review and telling your friends uh more and more people stopping by the discord every day thanks to the person who sent us 35 emails describing how they open a banana we haven't read them yet but we'll read them at least one or two of them on air at some point i think <laughs> uh, i think there's some uh, i think bison might have sent us an email on how he opens a banana as well which we did request last week so thanks everyone who sent those <laughs> Keep uh, it up. if you guys want to get in touch and you guys want us to read your email uh, on air during one of our mailbag episodes you can reach us at contact at lordboys.com or lordboyspodcast at gmail.com uh, and if you want to just talk to us on a, a more casual basis, a more one-on-one, a more uh, live uh, basis, rather than uh, you send us an email and six months later we read it on a Twitch stream, <laughs> uh, you can uh, join the Discord. Pete did mention it, but uh, there is a link in the description of this episode that should take you there. You can get access to all our emojis, like our, our Jace pillow sleeping emoji, disguise emoji, um, and, and all that other fun stuff. This week, uh, I, I hopped in uh, to a random like chat that was going on uh, between, I, I believe it was Hondolo and Fragile Shark. They were talking about, I think, Crusader Kings, and I just, like, fly in a wall, jumped in and listened to all the systems that are going on and, like, how, like, inbreeding is, like, a, a debuff, but if you, like inbreed enough you get to purebred you like break through on the other side which becomes a buff and like all these like crazy systems and the, uh, it's cool there's some the fun stuff going on in the chats like in terms of like gaming and like uh, a lot of people get help like with no man's sky since they've updated it a million times for the last like six months or whatever yeah. um every time you google something it's kind of changed but people there's people in here who play enough and they're helping each other out uh really good community it's awesome yeah <laughs> Yeah, there are uh, many wars available for advice if you need. Yeah, yeah, exactly. We we do have the Minecraft server, which you get the details there. Uh, plenty of people. Bison just built us a bunch of roads um, and some animal torture machines, like we requested last week. Naturally, yeah. <laughs> uh, Hondolo uh, set up an Ark Survival server. It's not like a Lore Boys official server, but he did say that anyone's anyone's free to join. You just gotta hop on the Discord, and send him a message, yep. uh, and he did say it's okay for us to shut that out. So yep. there you go, Han. Um, here, what about what about you? Anything new in Instagram squared idea worlds? Oh, same old, same old. Everything in progress. Check out the Instagram. Check out our pictures. Check out my publisher, Squared Idea. Check out the merch, also linked below. Um, if you have a request that isn't going to be immediately copyright taken down, please let me know if you want to see something on a T-shirt, and we can put it up fairly quickly. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jamie, anything else that you would want to plug? Just hop in the Discord. Um... Right now, um, I don't know what my next episode's going to be. So there is a Lore Request channel. You can hop in and influence one of the next episodes just by hopping in and uh, saying something that I might like to do. So yeah. You could nudge one of the many futures of the Lore Boys yourself. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> you can be the, the Lore Request channel or you will go mad. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> full disclosure. 
Um, if you guys uh, want to support the show financially, we do have a Patreon, patreon.com slash theloreboys, where you can get access to perks like the script with all the artwork that I, uh, I sent to Jamie and Peter on this episode. You get 27 minutes of bonus content yeah. uh, this week. Oh, we, talk, um, we talked about Ethan's birthday party and uh, all the fun antics yeah. that went on there. You can hear Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. 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 Uh, so head, head on down to patreon.com slash loreboys for more information on that. And then, of course, if you guys don't trust Patreon, we do have Loreboys Prime. Always have. Always will. Uh, where this week we're, we're setting some stuff up. So, uh, hey, Jamie, can you just take your head, head, headset off for a second? Uh, okay. Uh, sure. Cool. cool. Thanks. 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 Uh, yeah. So, um, Jamie is uh, kind of... I don't know. So I've obviously been in charge of the uh, infinite consortium of lore boys for a while now, and this new upstart Jamie, whom I saved from uh, these ancient ruins one day, uh, does seem to be like engaging with you guys a lot on the Discord, and it's making me a little uncomfortable. Okay, so I do have a feeling that some of my followers on the Discord, you guys might Jamie might try and replace you with his. So uh, I don't want to. I don't want to spark another. Lore boys gang war, okay. I, I that's not that's not why I'm here. That's not what I'm doing. But uh, I do think that we all gotta take side, pick sides, basically between me and Jamie. <laughs> Peter's obviously on my side, uh, obviously because I'm, I'm the big guy. Oh, hey, hey Jamie. Uh, yeah, hey. You, you put your head, you yeah. Put your headphones back I, on. I assume since I'm the last lore boys birthday to, to come up next, you're just planning a, a, a party for me, right? Oh, planning. Yeah. We're planning a real surprise for you. Yeah, oh, that is correct. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. yeah. 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 Uh, yeah, so if you guys want to be a, a big part of Jamie's surprise, then uh, send me a message on Discord, okay? Wow. <laughs> it sounds that, like it's going to be fun, guys. That sounds great. And I think that will oh, it will be. A lore boy lore is taking out the trash. <laughs> Ow. <laughs> Nothing to worry about. <laughs> <laughs> Bobbing my head to the music, but then slowly stopping and then falling back again. Oh my fucking yeah. god, that's so funny. But, yeah, no, did did not notice. But yeah. in your micro dreams, did you look over at me driving and I'm just like, like wearing different clothes or like a silly hat? <laughs> yeah. Like I'm a different guy. The, that you the, just the, dri- the, the, dri- the driver seats facing backwards. James is like, Wait, what? <laughs> even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.